Hello, Devils fans! Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. We are jubilant today. It's been a week of many W's, uh, not just for the Devils, but for us personally as a society and for as New Jerseyans. Uh, I'm feeling good. John, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I've uh, been shot up. You've been shot up. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, we have witnessed something rare, something that we have not seen since January 24th. Mm-hmm. We saw a victory at the Prudential Center and a victory that nobody could take away from the Devils. Not anybody in Toronto, not <laughs> the uh, Majestic Order of 12 that control the world. That That's a joke. There's no tr- such thing as Majestic 12. That was a Deus Ex reference. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get on us. We're not conspiracy theorists. No. I can't believe I have to say it th- these days. Yeah. But we got a W. And then, Dan. Got another one. one. <laughs> exactly. We didn't have to wait another, you know, three, four, five, six weeks uh, for another W. And the it s- happened two days later. The scores were identical. Um, I think the feel of it was very different as the win yes. over Buffalo on Tuesday felt like a relief. It felt like they staved off a grand embarrassment, especially how uh, that game was trending somewhere in the second period. But they managed to hang on to win that one in front of the home fans for the first time, like you said, since January 24th. And this win was one of those more complete efforts that we were seeing at the beginning of the season. And it wasn't under coercion as the Devils were missing their starting goaltender and leading scorer minutes uh, before game started. Um, And, you know, Zaka wasn't going to play probably since he left the ice early in morning skate. But Blackwood was pulled unable to play with about 10 minutes to go before uh, game time and Wedgwood stepped in. He was marvelous, but let's talk about the Buffalo game first, because this was the long awaited battle of futility. This was the very stoppable force meeting the extremely movable object. And um, Buffalo is 13 games on the trot at this point. So uh, it's a spoiler alert, but we already know the result. The devils won that game and it wasn't without its incident because, uh, Oh no. For a long time, it felt very close, and it felt very nerve-wracking to be watching. Yes, it was very distressing to watch this game uh, as it started, especially the first 11 or so minutes. Because keep in mind, Buffalo played Monday night and got their butts whipped by Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, 6 nothing. Like, it wasn't even, like, a close game or a bad break for them. Like, they just went out there and got bodied. And then the Devils, playing this team, decided, you know what? We're not going to take any shots on that, Dan. We're not going to defend the neutral zone. Eh, we'll just let them do whatever they want. And before you know it, you're thinking, guys, you're playing the worst team in the East and maybe the worst team in the NHL. Yep. I'm sure there's an argument from Ottawa about that, but you can't be outshot by them 9-1 to 11 minutes into the game. And mind you, these weren't like you know cheapy little shots here. They were good shots. They were getting to the net. They were making Mackenzie Blackwood work. Mm-hmm. And then the Devils get a power play. And what did the Devils do with that power play? Nothing. <laughs> they did nothing with that power play. But fortunately, the Devils got their acts together a little bit uh, late in the first period. And they got a goal. Mm-hmm. Diego Sharangovich, who decided that, hey, Buffalo was starting their third string goaltender, Jonas, jo- Jonas Johansson. And decided, we don't need to force bad passes across the slot to make him stretch out and open up the net. 
I'll just shoot right at the guy. Yeah, this guy has like scored. an 870-something save percentage. Just take shots on him. And, uh, you know, another misfort. You know, as bad as the Devils have been, at the very least, we can say they're not Buffalo. Because in this game, no. Jack Eichel was not available. In this nope. game, Taylor Hall got hit in the face with a puck early on in the game and was bloodied and had to leave the game for a long time. And he did return in the second period, though. Yeah, it must be sad. He did, he did. And, um, you know, they... they they managed to get that goal through Jaeger Sharangovich. And then, you know, leading one nothing, you're feeling okay going into the second. And then in a span of about uh, five minutes, it kind of turned on its head. Yeah, shortly after the Sharangovich goal, they take a penalty early in the second period. They take another penalty. They, they, the Devils get a brief power play, and I think they had an overrun of a penalty kill. And then they took another one. Um, and then they did kill it, mm-hmm. and then they conceded a goal. Yeah, uh, Tobias Reeder got one by just taking a shot from... uh, He just kind of whipped a shot on net, and no one was really expecting it, I guess. Yeah, it was was a bad uh, play along the boards. I think it hopped past Miles Wood. Reeder just saw the bouncing puck and just gripped it, ripped it, and it beat Blackwood. You know, you can't blame the goaltender too much for that one. That was a really good shot by Reeder. The disastrous one came shortly thereafter where the Devils get caught in a line change and Vatanen kind of lollygags his way back to a two-on-one situation that yielded a goal for Jeff Skinner, mm-hmm. the exile. Jeff Skinner, who scored his second goal of the season then and later Ralph got Kruger's chirped. Ralph Kruger's least favorite forward. Yeah, well, Ralph Kruger, we'll talk about him after the game. But yeah, so Skinner scores. Uh, it's his first goal in a long time, and it's something that... Uh, you don't want to give up a goal to a guy who has been very frustrated all year long because that could potentially open up your own floodgates of frustration. And eventually Skinner and Bastion got into it, and I will take that exchange of players any day of the week. And uh, Bastion gave him a few chirps about being overpaid and mentioned that he had more points than him on the season, which was pretty funny. But as they sat in the box, uh, you know, the Devils tried to find a way back into the game, and eventually they did via Sammy Votnin with a really, really important contribution for offensively for the first time all season. And his first goal since 2019. Like, this has been a long time coming for young Vatnin. Okay, he's not that young, <laughs> but he's younger than I am. Since so I which young Vatnin are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm I'm about to be 38 in a couple weeks, so he is young to me. <laughs> okay, relatively young Vatnin. But more importantly, he got a long shot through, and that was an important goal because the Devils were starting to get their acts together and play the worst team in the East like they're the worst team in the East. Mm-hmm. And Vatnin, in a sense, kind of redeemed his um, lollygaggingness, as I'll call it, for the second goal against. Um, not that it was totally his fault, but he bared some blame. So getting a goal back kind of redeems him. And just as importantly, it gets the game back to 2-2. Two to two. And the two teams kind of trade opportunities here. Again, Buffalo was very good at getting pucks to the net. And it wasn't because the Devils can't clear the crease. It's because they kept giving up the crease. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there just weren't guys available. Guys were getting caught in transition. And it, it was definitely nerve-wracking because, you know, going into this game, Buffalo was, you know, they were shut out twice in a row. They literally got shut out the last night. Now they got two goals in the same period. You start thinking... You know, how are they feeling this? Maybe they're, you know, this is the night. They're thinking this is the night that it all ends. Uh But thankfully, Dan, thankfully, the Devils did something amazing in the third period. (laughs) They played the Sabres well. And we got to see for the first time in quite some time. I I don't even want to look up how long ago it was because it felt like a forever ago. 
they got a power play goal. I think that they actually scored one against the Islanders as well. Okay, well, still. Because they have th- goals in they have power play goals in three straight games, which is a story in and of itself, considering okay, how atrocious say, the power play had been. Right. Well, okay. So let me re- rephrase that. Mm-hmm. We got to see the rare long shot. Yeah. Like Jesper brought firing a shot from 60 feet away, which is like the last place I want Jesper brought to be shooting any puck from mm-hmm. in any situation outside of an empty netter. But it goes through hits off wood. It's three to two. And then the devils take care of business professionally they got another power play it went okay they didn't score on it they did they had to kill a kill a little time that went okay as well and the devils really didn't just let buffalo back into the game mm-hmm. they, they took care of business it was a professional win as they would say yeah they choked him out at the end and it really was a nice way to close the game after a lot of frustrating um, you know, close losses that they've had recently, especially the one last Sunday against the Islanders. But yeah, it felt good to get a win. It felt good to get a win in green. But again, hard to say that uh, there's any merit to that since once again, it was around St. Patrick's Day that they were wearing the retros and managed to get a win. Um, yeah. So that stat, I guess, holds for a while. But they didn't need to go to extra time against this team, which is a relief in and of itself, because at that point, anyone can win. The Devils get a much, much needed uh, slump buster. Buffalo drops to 12 straight losses. We're feeling, you know, we're feeling relieved. We're feeling like the Devils right. really had to avoid embarrassment here and win one in front of the home fans who hadn't seen a win yet. And uh, they did it. And so... You know, you go into Thursday night, and this is an opponent that the Devils haven't seen yet this year. This is the only opponent that they hadn't seen yet this year in Pittsburgh because of the um, early cancellations against them that happened when the Devils' COVID outbreak hit. This game could have easily been, you know, Pittsburgh's a superior team. There's... They were missing Evgeny Malkin and a lot of other important forwards as well. But, you know, Devils went into it. As usual, without Nico Heischer, he's gone for the next couple of weeks. We got an update on that. Um, And Blackwood, like I said, was on the ice, ready to start, and he couldn't go. Zaka tried to give it a go in morning skate. He couldn't go. No, he suffered a two-hander in the Buffalo game, which they actually reviewed to... To, to determine if it was going to be a major penalty. Yep, and like, that was actually the penalty that led to the game-winning power play goal. Was it? Or yep. was it after? No, nope, oh, it was exactly that corrected. one, yeah. Okay, well, the Devils <laughs> made him pay for it the right way. You yep. know, don't go out there and bonk some heads. Go and score a goal, you know. Win games. You win games by scoring goals. You don't win games by punching them in the face repeatedly, no matter whatever Christoph Oliwat might tell you. Well, when you've I'm lost joking, 11 sure. straight and you're Colin Miller, you're going to get frustrated and whack Zaka across the groin with two hands. So, Yeah, as you would. A deserved and... punishment for them to let up a power play goal then. And again, I want to reiterate that coming into the game against Thursday, the penalty kill seemingly had figured it out. The Devils were 15 for their last 15 killing penalties. They started today's game, um, you know, killing one off. And I think they did eventually, they did let up a late power play goal, but let's get to that when we get to it. We'll we'll discuss it as we go. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will, one last moment thing I want to say about the Buffalo game is that I felt the Devils only played a good third period. I think the first and the second periods left a lot to be desired, but that game was also a low event game. Yeah. Um, Just to put a number on it, all situations, you know, both teams fell short of 100 attempts between the two of them, Mm -hmm. which it's not a low amount, but it's definitely not a high amount. Compare that to the Pittsburgh game tonight, where 
all situations, the game ended with over 130 attempts between the two teams. Yeah, this was a really firewagon game. A lot of good offensive opportunities on both sides, and Wedgwood really stood tall. I mean, he was called in at the last minute, and he... Yes. He's been um he's been exceeding expectations this year. He's been a lot of he's been a big reason why the Devils have managed to win a lot of the games that they've won with Blackwood absent. And um it's good to see that they have that kind of reinforcement there and the Devils seem to really trust him to make some saves when he needs to and with good reason. Uh you know, could his rebound control be a little better? Sure, but that's a yeah. small gripe to make when the goals aren't going into the back of the net. And so this game starts and the Devils look spry. They look like they're jumping around the ice, and the Penguins... They have good energy. Yeah, yeah, they look like a different team without Malkin, obviously. And Jack Hughes sneaks along the boards past one Penguin, uh, plays it through the skates of another, and with the sharpest angle and the smallest window, knocks it off of Tristan Jari's head for a one nothing lead that... What a goal by Jack Hughes. I mean, this is something yeah. that he was looking for for a few games now, and with that goal, he has now matched his goal total from all of last season with seven. He played a great game against Buffalo, but, you know, I understand for a guy like Hughes, everybody wants to see points. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just a goal, Dan. It was a total highlight reel. And John Marino was the last defender that he just made look like an idiot on that play. And it's sad because, you know, Marino – came back to this game this was his first game back from injury and he actually had a really really good night i would say he was the best penguin on the ice mm -hmm. but man did hughes make him look stupid on that play and that was such a good a good reward because the devils were doing very well to start this game um and I, lindy, Ruff, oh, lindy ruff made a point of it before the game to say that yeah, i think you're gonna see a lot of zajac's line against Sidney crosby's which meant other lines you better take advantage here because you're not getting Sidney crosby's line yeah. so go Go wreck, go destroy them. And case in point, uh, due to the late scratching of Zaka, we didn't get the vaunted Wood-Hughes-Bastion pairing that the morning skate. <laughs> we got brought uh, Hughes and... Um, Palmieri. Palmieri. You know, from for the most part, mm -hmm. so and it and was it paid it, off div, di, paid dividends right away. It was definitely good, and it's something that for the first time in a few games, the Devils didn't have to rely on offense solely manufactured by the Zajac line. And when I say manufactured, I meant from a productivity standpoint. The other lines, the Hughes line, was generating some offensive opportunities, but nothing was hitting the back of the net except for shots from Quacken and Sharangovich, um, with right. assists from Zajac for a while. And today. You know, the other lines were uh, were humming along. They were putting on good pressure. Maltsev, Gusev, Janssen was a surprisingly effective uh, grouping today as they maintained, I think, individually over 70% expected goals for each today. Um, yeah. Well, I think Maltsev fell down to 50, I think, towards the end. Oh, but, okay. uh, but, you know, Maltsev, like, you know, in a game featuring Sidney Crosby and Jack Hughes and all this, you know... He, Crosby had the most shots on net between both teams with eight, mm -hmm. which is something you would expect. He's Sidney Crosby. He's he's very good at what he does. He takes lots of shots. Maltsev had the second most with six. Yep. And he was close to scoring twice in the third period. Yeah, he got he absolutely robbed by Jari, especially he tried to beat him five hole late in the third period. And, and Jari just shut it down perfectly, like at the last possible moment. It was like one of those, you think you got me, but you don't. Mm -hmm. But And it sucks because, you know, Maltsev did play a very good game, all things considered, because early in the second period, the Devils went down a forward. Um, Nathan Bastion, unfortunately, uh, picked up an injury behind the play. Yeah, he tried to deliver a hit and missed, and it looks like uh, something happened to his arm or his shoulder, and he was very gingerly taken off the ice, and... 
there you go. He did not return. Yeah, yeah, he did not come back. So we'll we'll be seeing some taxi squad people, I presume, with the absence of Zaka and Bastion both. Um, but the Devils did get another power play, and yeah, they, they did, did manage to convert on this one after some nice passing along the, um, not quite along the blue line, a little bit into the zone, but it was between Hughes, Brat, and Subban. And Brat being on yeah. the power play has paid dividends. Absolutely. In fact, the whole thing started because Hughes did a great job um, keeping in the puck because the puck was about to bobble out. And, you know, we've seen this story so many times with the Devils this season, you know, uh, misplayed puck, a bouncing puck just gets away from a guy and then you have to go back and break in. And then you're hoping and praying that the other team doesn't stop you, but you have no confidence that they won't. But you didn't have to worry about that because Hughes kept it in, passed it along. Uh, Subban hammered a great slap shot from the center point, similar to where Brat scored his, uh, fired his shot against Buffalo and it goes clean through, which was remarkable. Most of the time Subban's slap shots are going to miss the net by five feet at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hammered it in. It's now two nothing. And then shortly thereafter, uh, Severson fires a similar shot and Zajac gets a tip in along the way, which amazingly he kept it under the bar. Yeah. Like, that tip was high. They reviewed um, Z- it for a high stick, and uh, they determined that it was not hit by one. So Zajac scores to make it three nothing, and the Devils are humming along. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind Pittsburgh has been, you know, push pushing the tempo, getting lots of rubber on Wedgwood. I mean, they ended the second period with a whopping twenty-two shots on net. But you know, part of the reason why it didn't seem like a total domination is because a the two goals. And B, that domination didn't really come until towards the end of that period. Mm. Um, In a sense, the Devils, I think, were trying to escape the second period. And then Michael McLeod decided to do something dumb. He decided to wrap up uh, Evan Rodriguez in front of the referee, Dan. Yeah, but it's it's hard to say that, you know, that was a dumb thing to do because in front of that same referee, Quackenden was blatantly boarded. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. And that wasn't that was called, so maybe McLeod figured he could uh, get away with something there. And he, it wasn't yeah, an unreasonable can't... thing because that board was really blatant. Oh, it was. That should have been absolutely called. It absolutely should have been two, at least two minutes. Mm-hmm. It should have been. Mm-hmm. Um but unfortunately, just like in life, Dan, just because somebody got away with one thing doesn't mean you're going to get away with another. That's right. And this one was a blatant interference, like textbook. Like he literally grabbed the guy so he couldn't uh, go after the puck that was dumped in. So. And so with 12 seconds left in the second period, Jake Gensel gets his stick on a uh, on a shot that was deflected past Wedgwood. And the yep. Penguins have some life at 3-1 to one going into the third period. It's un- It was unfortunate because... You know, you're up three nothing. You want to maintain that. I mean, Wedgwood played fantastic in that period. Like he stopped twenty one other shots. Like, you know, eight of you know, seven of them were or eight of them, I should say, were high danger chances. Fifteen of them were scoring chance uh, levels. You know, the expected goals for Pittsburgh in that period was two. Yeah. And, you know, Wedgwood was a fantastic you know, Wedgwood played out of his mind in this game. And that second period I think should have sealed up the first start of the game, which unfortunately he did not get according to tonight's attending media. Well, and then, um, you know, it's the first goal allowed by the penalty kill in several games, which, you know, it was inevitable that it happened. And after the amount of opportunities, the devils give up to teams. Yeah. I mean, unlike the other penalty kill goals that we have complained and lamented and whined and and groaned about, you know, it wasn't like somebody forgot their man or somebody made, you know, did something dumb. Like this was similar to um, Subban's goal and more, maybe more similar to, the uh, Woods goal 
mm-hmm. from uh, the Buffalo game, which is guy takes a shot from a long way, guy tips it in front. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not really much you can do about that. No, it's a standard power play goal, but at least he's not standing on the doorstep by himself. And again, the, structurally, the penalty kill has just been night and day from those first mm-hmm. couple of games of the season, first couple of games back from uh, the COVID outbreak, and just in these last, like, five or six games, I would say. The Devils have... Actually, in the last 11 games, I think I saw this stat somewhere, the Devils have the best penalty kill in the NHL. Imagine saying that a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. Um, It it is absolutely stunning that um, they've turned it around with the personnel changes, some of the tactical changes, some luck, and some good goaltending. I mean, you put those four things together, you're going to have success on your penalty kill. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that the Devils are getting it because it means... Um, they didn't lose. They didn't lose games because of it. You right. Know? You know, they held on against Buffalo, who has a good power play, mind you. Like the one thing that Buffalo does well this in, in this league is the power play. Mm-hmm. And the Devils kept them off the board um, against Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh's power play has had some struggles, but you never want to give Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang lots of extra ice. But it wasn't like they made the Devils look stupid. They just gave up a long shot and was tipped in, you know, not much you can do about that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully in, in, in some weird way, I almost want to say that wasn't the worst case scenario because I'd like to think Lindy Ruff went into the back and said, Hey guys, don't get complacent. Don't get lazy. You're not up by three goals, you know? Yeah. Go out there and, and also and secure I th- this win. I think he was saying, you know, something along the lines of, listen, you're going to give up one of those. Eventually don't stray from what's been working these last 11 games. Yeah, don't don't get mad, don't get upset, don't freak out, just do your jobs. Mm-hmm. And they put in another great third period. Um, you know, after getting outshot by uh, almost a two to one ratio in the second period. And mind you, high shot, high shooting game. By the way, mm-hmm. it was twenty one to twelve in the second period at five on five. Devils outshoot him eleven to eight. Maltov had two A plus scoring chances in front of Jerry that he got robbed on, um, and more importantly. The Devils maintained that matchup with Crosby. They matched up the Zajac line against Crosby. And while Zajac's, you know, Corsi numbers were definitely not good and the shot attempts were definitely in favor of Crosby, as you would expect. But what it meant was the Devils took care. It made it more possible for the other lines to take care of business against the other Pittsburgh Penguins lines. And, um, you know, they did their job very, very well. And. And, and many times it looked like the Devils were going to break through with a fourth goal before the Pittsburgh Penguins would pull one back. Yeah, and the Devils and, had opportunities on the empty net. They missed just barely a couple of times on the empty net. And yeah. Subban was out there basically for the last two and a half minutes of the game. Uh, he has been really good these last couple of games. Oh, yeah, he's he's been wonderful. I think I'm not going to sit here and say he's worth $8 million, which, by the way, is the salary for the season. Uh, or rather, how much he's getting paid for the season, or right. whatever the prorated. Look, it's complicated. He's getting a lot of money, and I'm not saying he's worth all that money. But playing like games like this and playing like he did against Buffalo, there will be a lot less criticism of his play. Mm-hmm. A lot less, and deservedly so. He's been doing a very solid job. He's not making mistakes. He's not taking bad penalties. He's uh, taking care of business on the offensive end. And you can put him out there for penalty kills and five-on-six situations and know that he's going to do do good things, you know. You know, thankfully the Devils didn't ice the puck 18 times in a row, you know. They did it four times in a row. It wasn't all Subban. Severson did one. Kwakinen did another. Mostly out of, you know, they just had to do something. Um, but they took care of business very well. Ironic, not ironically, but coincidentally, 
Um, it's when the Devils were finally able to change players did they give up a six-on-five goal. But at that point, there was 4.5 seconds left, so who cares? Yeah. Good job, Ryan Rust. You just made the score look better than what it was. Well, the Devils were the specialists of that, especially through Nikita Gusev for a few games there this season. But finally went the other way, and the Devils held on to another important um, win. I don't know. Again, at this point, it seems like it's going to be too much of a drop-off to try and get into the playoffs, but each win yeah. counts for this young team. Each win shows them how to win games for years moving forward. And this, a lot of this core will be staying intact. There's a lot of players on rookie deals here. There's a lot of players that, um, you know, are leaving for UFA status, but they potentially open up a lot of room to have people in that locker room moving forward that know how to hold on to games late, that know how the system works, and that really, you know, are giving a lot more effort than they had, um, even thinking back to that back-to-back against the Rangers. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other big thing to take away from these two wins is the Devils won two very different games. They struggled at the beginning of the Buffalo game. They struggled a bit in the second period. And then they pulled out a good third period to win the game 3-2. Tonight against the Penguins, it was a high shooting affair, lots of shots, lots of shooting attempts, lots of back and forth. Um, You have a goaltender that came in on very short notice playing out of his mind, but the Devils more than kept up with the Penguins offense. They went up 3-0 early. They played a very good first period. They did all right enough in the second period. And they took care and they closed things down in the third period. Yeah, you would have liked to see a fourth goal. Yeah, you would have liked to see an empty netter. Um, but in a game with few penalties, the Devils took care of business. And against Buffalo, with more penalties, more odd man situations, they still took care of business. So the Devils won two very different games, despite having the same result um, you know, in the standings and the same result on the scoreboard. So this, these are two very good things, and it's it's especially good that the Devils beat Pittsburgh tonight, Dan, because we get to see them two more times this weekend. Mm-hmm. We've got another matinee back-to-back weekend as they play in Newark again at 1 o'clock and in Pittsburgh the next day on Sunday, also at 1 o'clock. So, you know, a couple more opportunities to see this team and see how they can uh, see what adjustments Pittsburgh might make. They might have Malkin back as well. Um, I wonder who the Devils may get back between if Zaka anyone, and yeah. Blackwood, if anyone. But clearly they, they found a way to win without them. And that's just as important because Zaka was and is the team's leading scorer, believe it or not. Um, well, <laughs> you know, that's a little damning with me, praise. Um, well, no, I mean... It is still a fact that he is the leading scorer and they won the game without him. This is true. And on top of that, the Devils won with a shorthanded roster because Bastion missed the majority of the game. McLeod only played like, goodness, he only played uh, seven minutes. So effectively, the Devils did this with mostly 10 forwards Mm -hmm. against, you know, yeah, they didn't have Malkin, but they still had Crosby, Gunsel, Rust, you know, Evan Rodriguez, Kasperi Kapanen, who's been having a fantastic season for Pittsburgh, you know. On paper, you would say, yeah, Pittsburgh probably has the edge here, but the Devils, you know, got it, got it, found a way to get it done. And yes, you are correct. Zaka is still the team's leading scorer, even though Hughes is now one step closer. Mm-hmm. Just but- one step for the big deal to get past the infamous sixth overall pick of the 2015 draft. Yeah, but a, but a good sign overall, a good stretch of games this week so far, and hopefully they're able to keep up the momentum this weekend. And an oh, interesting absolutely. thing to point out is that on Thursdays, the Devils are their most rested that they are at any point during the week. 
it's their only moment where they're not playing a back to back or a three or the back end of a three and four. So yep. they've taken advantage of those opportunities and played closer games with better efforts on Thursdays. So there's something to be said for, um, you know, being ready for that day and having some level of rest that isn't back to back followed by a fourth game right after followed by a third game the day after, you know, maybe a day of rest, but really a day of practice. So yes, it'll be interesting to see how that affects them moving forward, but they, uh, they've been doing pretty well and it's nice to not see opponents that are just the Islanders in Washington um, for once. And it's, it's paying off. And I guess black and yellow is a color that has not done well into New Jersey this year as they have three wins against the Bruins and they have um, one win against Pittsburgh. So we'll see if they can keep up that momentum. Absolutely. And as a one last point, Dan, you know, I'm not going to be going into games because I'm not fully vaccinated yet yeah. and I don't have the time um, or a ticket. But, uh, you know, the game on the 20th is the last home game for the Devils in this month. After the 20th, they're going to play in Pittsburgh on Sunday, and then they're going to play the rest of this month on the road. So we know that the Devils have been a very good road team. So this is going to the next week and a half is going to be a real test to that, you know, that mentality. Cause you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but I might as well cover it since I brought it up. Mm-hmm. They got Pittsburgh on Sunday. They got the flyers, um, who, by the way, blew a three-goal lead but managed to hold on to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, three-goal leads are not safe in this league. But they've um, been kind of floundering. I mean, they got this embarrassed is true. yesterday. Yeah, they gave up nine goals in two periods. On national television. Yeah, like that's – to a team that didn't even have their regular coaching staff because they had to go through COVID protocol, Yeah, which I guess will hasten the cries out of uh, Manhattan to fire David Quinn. Uh, but anyway, but the Devils will play in Philadelphia for the first time this season on the 23rd. Then they get the Capitals, that team that you just said that the Del- you're, you're happy to have not seen that common. Well, you get them back-to-back on the 25th and the 26th. Yeah. And then the Devils will go to Boston for the 28th and the 30th to close out the month. So that is definitely a gauntlet of road games and a gauntlet of uh, opponents. But, um, you know, if the Devils can get a result on Saturday, and especially if they can get a result on Sunday, that bodes well. You know, I, I agree that the Devils should not be shooting for the playoffs. I don't think they they mathematically can really do that short of some massive collapses of teams ahead of them, which aren't going to happen. So go out there, do your best, and and have these guys like Kwakinen and Sharon Govich and um, Maltsev and, and others go out there and play – you know, these extra man situations where they're defending a one goal lead or defending a goal, goal, two goal lead. Go out there and get shifts in third periods to try to extend leads and keep the other team honest. Because those are experiences that will definitely help them as their careers go on. And it'll definitely show to the Devils that these guys aren't just guys that you just put out there and hope for the best. These are guys that you could start leaning on, which means you don't have to lean on the same five or six guys when you get to those situations um, in the off chance that you get them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, thank you all again for listening. We just want to give a shout out to Doug. We really appreciated your email. It was super nice to see um, you know, how much you enjoyed the last episode and I appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, if you guys have any sort of comments, questions, we're happy to answer you know, anything that's on your mind. We're happy to at least you know, acknowledge it on the show because, again, we do this not just because we enjoy talking about it, but we do this for the people who matter. So, Um, As long as you guys are enjoying it, we're happy to keep doing it. And again, 
it's just uh, it's it's a joy for us to do so keep sending questions keep sending uh feedback we really really appreciate it and it really made our day to see that email so thanks again doug thank you doug and um you said it perfectly dan we do this for the people who matter and hopefully the people who matter see some more wins this weekend as they take on the penguins twice more and until then like i said thank you all for listening and let's go devils go devils